On today's Friday Fire, we asked the question of, are you giving yourself permission to not doing the things that you know you should be doing? What are you justifying? What are you rationalizing? What are you not filling your cup with that is keeping you from getting to where you want to be? Because at the end of the day, this journey that you were on for your health, for your healing, it is much more than physical. It is mind, it is spirit, and it is body. So if you are ignoring two out of three of those, we need to really evaluate what we should be doing to get to where we want to be. Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning. You never know when it is over, over. All that I know is Happy over. Friday. Whoop, whoop. Oh, my goodness. Fridays, I love Fridays. They're my, they're my day where I get to study all day. And I sometimes wish that I could be just like a permanent learner because I just love learning. Mm-hmm. But I just want like two weeks off yeah. to go away and study. But I want to do it like in a really cool place, like yeah, the mountains. Like Malibu or, the or like, yeah. And mm-hmm. just like in the morning, just like go for long walks and meditate and then just study all day. And I want to have like a private chef bring me all this delicious food that I don't have to cook or clean up after. Right. Making. We'll get there. <laughs> Liz and I already talked about how we're moving to Florida. I'm or Nashville. Fine Florida. I'm fine, I'm fine with either. Honestly, I think I'd rather move to Florida just because the weather is more consistent there. Nashville's pretty warm most of the time, but I mean, Nashville's just, also like a swamp. So is Memphis. Horrible. I mean, you just run the risk of getting hit by a you know hurricane and that's okay. I mean, tornadoes in Nashville, apparently. True. True. Very true. So, anyways, I mean, if you're new here, I am Becca. I got it right this time. I know my name. I am with Liz. We are functional practitioners. We are <sighs> drinking some rice coffee. We are drinking some rice coffee. Shameless plug. I'm gonna move it because Art probably just texted us to move our stuff out of the frame. <laughs> He most certainly did. Um, Yeah, so it's uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. We don't do caffeine after 10. And so we're drinking our rice coffee alternative, little collagen, salted caramel in it. Not not for the collagen, for the flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe stevia, it's good stuff. Okay. So anyways, if you guys are looking for a good coffee alternative, I like it. I like it iced. I don't love it hot. I only drink iced. Mm-hmm. And that is, why, that is why I'm okay consuming through a plastic lid because I never drink hot coffee through a plastic lid, which is have... exposure to BPAs. Yeah, I never have. Just consider it. Yeah. I don't ever drink hot coffee. Yeah. In, other than my mugs. Yeah, I drink home. it out of my mug and then I get sick of it because it turns to not the perfect temperature. I actually have one of those... Um, God, what are they called? They're those coffee mugs that like sit on the little heater. I can't remember the name of it. And they're great, but I feel like they're also probably not good for you. Like the toxic exposure to the, you know, battery heated. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. But anyways, we are functional practitioners and we want to disrupt the world of healthcare and help people that aren't getting helped right now. And that's what we do. So we talk all about gut and hormones and nutrition and fitness and mom life and entrepreneur life and all of the things that we try to put on our plates that is probably way too much. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Everything mm-hmm. is fine. We're like, not I, on fire. What were you we texting about the other day? I was like, I don't know. The house might burn down over the weekend, but it is fine. It's all going to work out. It's just going to be fine. I like literally last week I was having such a struggle bus because I was out of town last weekend in Miami for a work conference or a couple weekends ago now, but 
I like totally got the day of Easter wrong and thought that I had an extra weekend. And so I, I didn't prepare the weekend before I left. And then it was like getting launched back into work after the hybrid summit with all of these new thoughts and mind boggling things in my head. And it was Easter coming up and it was picture day at school that I forgot about on Wednesday. It was Easter egg hunt on Friday that I didn't get the memo that you had to provide the basket for the child for the Easter egg hunt at school and saw all of these parents walking in with Easter egg baskets the Friday morning. I dropped the kids off and I was like, I missed that memo. And Carson goes, he starts crying and he goes, mom, where's my Easter basket? I was like, it's coming. I, I will get it here somehow. <laughs> it's like, I'm literally sprinting to the dollar store to like find a bunch of stuff for Easter baskets because I didn't have time Saturday morning. And then God love my husband. He does not always pick his words wisely. We were talking on Thursday night and I was telling him how stressed I was because of all of the things and how this Easter egg hunt at 3 p.m. on a Friday meant I had to finish work at like 2.30, which is an extra two hours out of my day that I don't get to work. And Fridays are sacred to me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, if you're too busy to go to your kid's stuff, like just let me know and I'll go for you. And I go, <gasps> I'm sorry. What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't get how I... How that did not sound good. Uh-huh. And I tried to explain it to him. And I was like, there is no good way of saying that, how you phrased that. So he just, you know, me having emotions is hard for him sometimes. And he, <laughs> I love him to death. And I probably make him sound so bad. He's the one thing that he always says to me is he goes, I don't always understand you, but I a thousand percent always support you. <laughs> That's good. And I was like, okay, then we're fine. But we had a little bit of a fight <laughs> because I was a little peeved. But yeah, last week was just a shit show and it's fine. It's all fine. Yeah. I know it all got done. I just have to say like it was astronomical to see the prices of baskets like at Target. Dollar uh, store. Can I tell a story mm-hmm. about my experience at Target? I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story. Oh yeah. Your experience with that a-hole. <laughs> Even Nick said, he was like, that is not cool. That's not cool. It really pissed me off. And okay, so it was, I don't remember what day, I think it was Friday night. Um, Marcus and I went to Target and he's really, really good at Target. He loves Target, you know. So we went there and we had to get a couple of things uh, just for the weekend and for dinner. And so got him his little cake pop. He's happy go lucky. We're doing a little shopping. And then we went back by the Easter section because I just wanted to get a couple other things for the Easter egg hunts that we had over the weekend. And there was this big cage of these big balls. And so he wanted to play with these. And that's fine. So I just got one out and there was like a couple of the kids doing the same thing. Well, when it came to put the $11.99 ball back, he didn't want to put the ball back because he thinks that he should bring every toy home because obviously money grows on trees in his mind as a three, almost four-year-old. So (laughs) Marcus is not even one to have crazy meltdowns. We're kind of out of that stage, but you know, he wasn't liking that we needed to put the ball back and you can't the moral of the story from my perspective was we, we already got a toy. We cannot just buy it and we don't get what we want all the time. Yes. So I'm trying hard. to teach this lesson. Some a-hole dad with his two kids walks by and he goes, just buy him the ball. And I was like, I didn't say anything, but I really wanted to turn around and say some colorful words that I didn't because you just don't know this day and age. That guy could have been real crazy. but. Um, yeah, that was our experience shopping for so over the line. Easter. Like, not your place, sir. Thank you. 
Yeah. I mean, and even if the ball had been like $2, my stance on it wouldn't have changed because we had gone to the dollar store and he got something there. And so again, it's like, you're trying to teach your child that we don't always get what we want. Plus the Easter bunny was coming in a couple of days. (laughs) I just, the whole Easter bunny thing. The conversations with kids just make me so, it like fills my cup. want to transform back into a four-year-old. And and I just want to learn, but he is so me attitude wise. Everything is his. He owns the house. It's not our house. It's his house. Mm -hmm. Carson's in that too right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was very angry that I wouldn't let him watch TV in bed the other night. And I was like, Carson, you chose because we give him like 15, 20 minutes before bed of either a little bit of tablet time or like he can watch a show in bed and then it's bedtime. And that's like his wind down and that's fine. That works for us. Um, And he picked tablet that night. And so he got into bed and he wanted to watch TV in bed. And I go, Carson, you chose tablet. And that's just, you know, that was your choice. So we have to live with that. And he, I'm trying to teach this to a four and a half year old. Um, You're a horrible mom. I can't like such you. a horrible mom. And he goes, but that would make me happy. And I was like, well, we don't always get to have what we want in our life. And it's mama and dad's house. And he goes, no, it's my house. And I was like, no, it's not. Mama and dad worked very hard to pay for this house. And he goes, where did you even get this house? <laughs> even answer that <laughs> it's also very hard when you're trying to teach this thing and like you're so frustrated so mad but then they say something like that and it's like how do i not laugh at this we had an easter egg hunt on saturday with all the neighborhood kids which was super fun but also marcus you know just being the only child was like trying to steal this kid's car and i was like but mateo is very sad and so we finally got the whole thing back together put him back in uh, put mateo back into his car he's like two and a half very cute sweet little boy. And Marcus wants to push him. He wants him to go fast, like flash. You know, I'm like, Mateo doesn't want to go fast. <laughs> like, let's just let it be. Oh my God. And some of the other moms, like they were all like drinking wine and stuff. And obviously I'm doing phase one right now with 75 hearts. So I was just like, okay, diet Coke and whatever. And they're like, yeah, you just ran so fast. I'm like, well, yeah, I had to because my child is like just stealing your son's car. Like someone has to break them up, but no, it was, uh, it was fun. So anyways, Easter, Easter. So Actually, on the note of Easter, this podcast came up uh, because of all the things that we needed to do to prepare for Easter. And, you know, the topic of today is that you are the only one that can give yourself permission. And what we mean by this is you are the only one that can give yourself permission to do or not to do things, to invest in yourself. I'm going to tell you very transparently because I am very raw, real, and transparent you're a grown woman. If you make a decision to go after something for yourself, whether it's self-development, investing in yourself, taking a path, you know, whether that's, you know, healing journey or whatever it is that you want to do, you're a grown woman and you should be able to make that decision for yourself. So you are the only one that can take the steps to get to where you want to be in terms of your goal. On the flip side of this, you're the only one that can not do those things, right? So rationalizing not doing things because the kids need you, the house isn't clean, the bathrooms need to be clean before company comes or whatever the situation is. Maybe you should skip the gym because you could spend that time cleaning your house or running errands. You get what I'm saying here, right? And at the end of the day, We get into this place where we're unhappy with ourselves. We don't feel well. We're starting to feel anxious, moody, angry, 
with the situation at hand. Girlfriend, in your bathroom, there's a mirror and we got to check ourselves and look in the mirror because you say yes to things that maybe you need to say no to. And this is hard, but you're the only one that can give yourself permission to say no to things or to say, hey, I can't make it or hey, you know what? I'm not drinking today. And you got to stand firm in your decision to do those things because you guys have, if you've listened to us for a while, hopefully you know that our passion is for every person to be living a life that is vibrant and confident and you're happy. You have thriving relationships. You are nourished. Your relationships are strong and maybe you've lost friends along the way. I've lost a lot of friends along the way. Becca's lost a lot of friends along the way, you know? Um, and that's okay because in different seasons and in phases where you are growing and you're pushing yourself to the next level, some things are going to be left behind, behind some habits that you had in the past. You're unbecoming a person that you were so that you can become a new person. You got to give yourself permission to do that. The more rare your thoughts and beliefs and actions are, the more rare it's going to be that you find people that understand that and that can be in line with you on that. And that's just the reality of it. And if you want to be a part of that crowd of people that, you know, lives life just doing what they feel like in the moment, to each their own. Like, I'm not saying that that is wrong. I'm not saying that is bad. It has to be what feels right to you, though. And that is ultimately where so much displeasure, I think, comes in people's lives is because they are doing things against what they want to be doing. Because it's easier, because it's comfortable, because it's what they've always done. And so you get stuck in this place. And I'll be like, Liz and I are not immune to this. I struggle all the time with falling back. Someone asked me the other day about like, maybe I'll get to a place, but I don't know how, where I can enjoy a piece of chocolate or I can enjoy a glass of wine and not feel like I need to eat the entire bag and not have these addict moments of like, now I'm all back in of going to Walgreens or CVS because I have a craving, right? I even personally, like this past Sunday on Easter, I decided I don't like that I am back in the habit of, and my luckily my binge days are far gone behind me. I used to have a massive binge eating disorder. I, I would hide in pantries. I would like consume entire bags of Chex Mix in a sitting before anyone could see me. I would hide things in the bottom of the garbage. Like I, I had a, I, I downplayed it at the time, I'm sure. But like looking back on it, I had a true eating disorder. And I have not, like, I can't remember the last time that I've had a binge episode, which I'm, I'm very grateful for and I'm proud of the work that I put into that. But I still fall into, like anyone does, oh, I'm going to have a piece of chocolate after dinner at night. And that's fine. But then it turns into, well, now I'm going to have one after lunch too. And then I'm going to have more after dinner. And then it just spirals, right? And I kind of fell into that probably the past like three, four weeks. And so I decided on Easter, on probably one of the hardest days to not have those things that I was done. That I was like, you know what? I need to reset. I need to make this a challenge for myself again. And on Easter, I decided no candy, no sugar, no chocolate. I actually decided to eat like a lower carb day that day. And it was very hard because I was surrounded by it. But it was a choice. It was a choice for myself. And I can tell I have been, you know, less resistant to stress. I have been more irritated and agitated. And this is something we see a lot as a symptom that people don't see as a symptom. Like a lot of clients will come to us and you can tell they can't handle things. They have very large levels of overwhelm 
they get irritated or agitated or upset very easily. That is a symptom. That is a symptom that physiologically your body cannot handle much right now because it is so overloaded. And how do you start to fix that? You have to start taking away stressors and filling your cup with things that make you more resilient. And that's hard. And that's the double-edged sword. That's the, you know, chicken or the egg, right? People want to wake up one day and just feel better and think that it's just going to happen. It's not just going to happen. We're probably going to have one of my friends on who's a um, psychiatrist. She's a PhD. And she works with post-breast cancer survivors. And she talks about, she was talking to me last week. She's like, I loved your podcast the other day about happiness is a choice. You have to wake up every day and choose happiness because it's not just going to happen. And I think that a lot of people wish that they could just put in physical changes, diet changes, lives, and, and you just wake up and you're happy one day. No, no, no. The mind and the spirit are a part of this journey as well. And when you try to ignore it, you are just going to keep fighting the same battle. There's a lot of things that happen to a lot of people that are unfortunate. And it's very easy to wallow and get into woe is me. That doesn't help you. What helps you is dealing with the situation and the unresolved trauma and working through it instead of suppressing it. And a lot of times we see that it shows up in other ways when we're suppressing emotions, binge eating. We feel a stressor in our life. Somebody cuts us off in traffic or your kids make you mad or your boss, you know, gives you an extreme deadline that you weren't expecting. And so your stress just increases like crazy. And so what do you do to cope? You turn to some sort of substance, wine, sugar, whatever it is for you. And over time, like Becca is saying, it leads you to this place where you're less resilient to stress. And so we also have to remember coming back to like the topic today, we're the only ones that make, can make a decision to get after those emotions, to get after those thoughts, to reframe them, to change our perspective. You guys all know, what is it? Half glass empty or half glass full? It's the same either way, but your perspective and how you approach something. And this is why we talk a lot about it, just even with healing journeys. If you believe that you can heal in the journey and you come at this from a perspective of, I'm excited to learn and I'm excited to make these changes to see how my body is going to improve rather than, oh my God, you're taking away all of the things that I normally eat and I can't have wine on the weekends and fill my body with a bunch of toxins. Well, it's up to you. I can only guide you and give you recommendations to get you out of this place of dysfunction. You ultimately are the driver, right? I'm just here giving you the roadmap and the instructions. And it's what you choose to do with it. Follow the instructions and get to your destination or take a detour, you know, and go the scenic route. Um, and so at the end of the day, while we may have dealt with some severe trauma, some really difficult times. Every day on earth is a gift. And so you wake up and you make that decision that today is going to be a great day. We used to text each other this in college. My friend Tyler and a few other um, people in our Bible study, today's going to be a great day because you're going to wake up and some days it's going to feel really heavy. Maybe you're reliving the, some of those experiences or there's triggers that, you know, you're exposed to that make you feel or ignite some of those feelings that you had in that time, right? Like I think about, um, 
for example, you know, with my mom and her struggle and battle with ALS and taking care of her and the whole process of the, the passing and all of that stuff and like the end days. And like, I have clients now that have just gone through that and talking with them about those things. It brings up some of those emotions. Easter, for example, um, really, really triggering holiday. But over the years, I've learned to look at all of the good and think about the positive memories. I actually stopped looking at a lot of those pictures where like she was in her wheelchair and feeding tubes and all that stuff because I want to remember her and honor her in the way that she was. Same thing with Becca, right? Losing the baby at 22 weeks. You're triggered by that. Anytime you hear miscarriage or that day or all of that, these things are very real experiences and they shape us as to who we are. But to live a vibrant life, you got to wake up and you got to choose even though I went through that and it sucks, I got to make the best of this life that I have in each day that I have here on earth. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked to Ashley May about this and how effects physiologically on your body when you keep reliving those things, like the stress of going through maybe an abusive relationship or a, a horrible car accident or a severe trauma. If you keep reliving those things to your body, it's like you're chronically going through that exact same trauma and stress over and over and over again. Even though you're not actually in it, mentally you're putting your body in it. And so it's not just like to be able to move on mentally. No, physically to be able to heal, you have to be able and willing to move on from those things. And sometimes drop the identity too of what you think you are, you know, broken, uh, not fixable whatever it might be, because there's always an answer, but you have to believe in that answer. We actually, um, at the summit that I was at, one of the main, main messages from all of these amazing people, these extremely successful people, is the mental piece of it. Mm -hmm. So Phil Heath and Chris Bumstead are both um, Olympia, Mr. Olympias. Mm -hmm. Phil Heath was a seven-time Mr. Olympia, and Chris Bumstead is like on—he's like the big guy on the scene right now. He, I think he's won three, and he's expected to win many, many more. Um, and Phil Heath actually talks about how he tried to commit suicide a couple times. Um, there were actually multiple people that talked this weekend that talked about their failed attempts at suicide, uh, and I—it I, shows that—and they talked about it. They were like, "I—I I realized what I was trying to do was so selfish." And it was never going to fix anything. And I had to face what, you know, I believed was wrong with me or what I was holding on to that kept me in the place of being sad and depressed and, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and moving on from those things is a lot of work, but it's necessary, right? And Vince, the, my mentor, was talking about he, as a child, he had OCD, like legitimate OCD. He couldn't leave his house. He would have to wash his hands 50 times before going to bed. Like, very, very, as, as a seven-year-old, imagine a seven-year-old, like he, he said he couldn't watch TV because if he saw something that made him afraid, he wouldn't leave his house for weeks. And so he went to many, many therapists and he said, and it finally came to a therapist that told me there is nothing wrong with you. You have to choose to change. And he's like, and all of the therapists before that had kind of told me like, yes, there's, you know, this is wrong with you. This is, there's something wrong and it's that versus yes there is something wrong but guess who has control of changing it and he's like and it's a choice every day and he struggled with addiction to drugs later on in his life because obviously you know ocd tends to be a very addictive mm -hmm. uh personality um and he's like and every day it's a choice to live a different way 
And it's very easy to wake up negative. It's very easy to wake up thinking about yourself. Woe is me. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with what I can't do? I have so much on my plate, whatever it is. And we challenge you to start thinking differently as soon as you wake up. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at social media. Maybe read. Maybe do some meditation or guided visualization or something that allows you to get your body into a calm state that allows you to start changing the narrative in your head. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what supplement protocol you get. It doesn't matter what workout you do. It doesn't matter what diet you follow. If you are unwilling to address the piece of the puzzle that has always been missing, which is what is between the ears. Yeah. Yeah. You'll prevent yourself from healing. You'll stay stuck. You know, you may progress, but then you regress. And that's not what we want. We want a full transformative healing. And that, again, it starts with looking at this from an optimistic perspective. This is going to be great. I'm stuck right now, but I have answers and I have support. You know, I have several clients that have, you know, sent messages saying like, thank you so much. It's so helpful to have somebody that's responsive, can answer questions, help me understand why I'm feeling this way or why, you know, body is adjusting to things and, you know, reacting as it is. And that's why import, you know, support is important so much in this journey. And sometimes it's not just working with a practitioner or one professional. Sometimes it is you're working with a therapist or a psychologist alongside, maybe you have a personal trainer in person because you need somebody to push you in the gym. Then maybe you have a a practitioner or a nutrition coach or whatever that is. Maybe you have a life coach. Maybe you have a business coach. You know, All of them serve different roles and purposes. And we've had many clients that have had other professionals working alongside them as well as you know, our protocols. And at some points in time, they cross over and they intersect. And then that client, it's like really transformative for them, you know? So you just got to remember guys, like, I'm just going to say that knowledge, you're, you're maybe listening to this and maybe you listen to a lot of the episodes and you soak up a lot of information and that's fantastic. But what are you actually giving yourself permission to take action on? Or conversely, what are you rationalizing yourself not to do? Well, it's an investment. I mean, I, one of the clients that um, reached out to you today is just feeling amazing, five pounds down, didn't expect. She, when I talked to her uh, on her discovery call, she's like, I have been waiting for months to reach out to you guys. I knew I wanted to work with you, but I've been waiting for months to click the button. And some, something happened the other night and I just did it, right? Talking about um, Christy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what are you rationalizing not doing? Mm-hmm. And where are you going to be a year from now? And again, it's, if it's working with us, great. If it's not, then find whatever it is that you're rationalizing, not doing, going for a walk. How are you guys doing with the one for me challenge? Are you walking every day? Are you challenging yourself to maybe run a little bit? Maybe you're going to start running a mile. Are you getting your water in every day? Or did you start to rationalize? Well, they won't know if I don't do it. It's Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. There's too much going on. Mm-hmm. You got to fill your cup up. And you're the only one that can give yourself permission to do whatever it is that you choose to do. So you're either going one way or you're going in the other. So today I want you to consider this your fork in the road. Which way are you going? Are you giving yourself permission or are you going to keep going with the rationalizations?